0: Hello, good evening, Good afternoon, or good morning uh, from all around the planet. I know I have listeners from all around the world as i 'm also interviewing people from all around the world. This is the Oliver Shira Show with your host Oliver. I am sitting currently in my basement while I upload the la- latest episodes there 's a lot coming now, so for the ones who listen to me the first time i 'm Swiss living in Denmark. And I love creativity. I love to talk to people. I love storytelling, visual arts, building, whatsoever. And in my podcast, I'm normally interviewing people, as I already said, from all around the world, with all kinds of different industrial backgrounds, from coach to consultant to authors to photographers or whatever it is. I love storytellings and the goal for my podcast is to help people understand that we are all creative, and creativity is something we can learn and during my um, yeah my path as a podcaster, I realized it a lot of times can also have a direct connection with how much are you in connection with yourself, how much are you listening to yourself, your authentic self, your inner child to speak for being actually able to be creative. So, some episodes are a little bit mystic, some are more technical. That's me. I love the wide variety. And now, to today's episode. We are talking to Lene Duptal, part number two. Yes, I uploaded yesterday the first episode, which I took... Um, yeah, we had an interview split up in two days, and I also take this as an experiment for you guys to see if you like that, that I split up my longer interviews into two or perhaps even three episodes so you can take them bite-size. The first one is around 35 minutes long. It's an introduction to who she is, what she's doing. Lene Dupdel, it's a Danish name and she lives in Denmark and she is an author of high fantasy novels. So if you want to know more why she's writing, go back to the first episode if you haven't listened to it. And here in the second episode, we are going more into creativity. You know, like, you know, what is creativity for Lene? How to be creative? Where does she get her ideas from, her inspirations what are the misconceptions CC's um, people have towards creative people and why people are not following a creative career themselves? Uh, we also are talking about many, many other things, and you get also some advices spread all through, but of course, also one direct advice for you at the end of it and a call to action to be more creative. And not to forget, you get a second fun fact. <laughs> And yeah, I don't want to take everything away. So please jump in and enjoy this episode with Lene Dupdahl. Thank you very much. And if you have anything to share, please let us know. And hello, Lene. So it's been three days since we had the first part of the creative book writing. Yes. (laughs) And uh, it looks like... It's just been 10 minutes ago, at least on your side.
1: Yeah, I, t- I tried to put on the same uh, sweater so we can merge the videos. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I, I have no remembrance what pullover I was wearing. So, But I'm in the same location as well. Uh, I For the ones which have the video later on, it's with a curtain in the background, so you don't see all the n- noise of things I have behind me. So... On Monday, we got to talk about the story, how you became an author uh, from writing and reading as a small ch- uh, child. And at the age of 11, 12, you got the encouragement from a teacher to, to send your books to a publisher, where then you started believing that you're not good enough when you got a bit older, that you have to have the special gift. <laughs> yes. And, mm-hmm. and your secret, which you haven't shared with many people, that you were writing in deep secrecy a book for yourself. And when you had the second, no, you have twins. So when you had the, the babies, you actually participated in a Facebook contest of writing one chapter a day. And through that, you got to, to a publisher. You published a series of three books and there are seven, seven books in total. And these three books will be the first three books will be published soon on Amazon in English as well. So now you're spreading outside of Denmark.
1: That's uh, right.
0: Now And then we also talked about your uh, book writing method, how you ma- made it from four years for your first book to five months, six months with the plotting and then writing and then editing And of course, now you have also the online marketing business. So you don't have as much time to write books anymore. So you actually carve out certain times. So you have one month or two months where you can write. And you also shared how you write. That was on the computer, which is the biggest distraction if you're not in the flow. But when you're in the flow, it just flows because you're very fast with your, I guess, 10 fingers. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I've seen authors write with two fingers and they're very fast, but yeah. And you also use a Neo2, I think it's called, a typewriter, not a typewriter, but a writing machine, which you can connect to the computer later, which you can carry with you. So you can take it anywhere and writing with the pencil on different journals in different colors. And you shared that where the computer is the biggest distraction, but you can write fastest. Writing by hand is slow, but you feel like there's a connection between your mind or heart or whatever it is and the writing you do and what else did I forget anything um, I don't think so so that's where we stopped and that's why I jump back in and I go with the flow as you said you liked that how can someone write one chapter a day for a Facebook contest isn't that too pushy, kind of?
1: Yes. I I think the reason why I participated in that Facebook contest was that I was encouraged to do so by... I attended uh, an online class back in the day where there were no online courses at all, but um, there was a place where where, um, they had an online class that just um, consisted of... Uh, Some teachers making a writing prompt and there was a forum and everyone was writing these stories. And in in this forum, I got encouraged to write because um, people gave me feedback and uh, said that I should not give up on my dream of becoming a writer. And shortly after that um, online teaching experience or online learning experience, there was this content contest on Facebook So um, after the the online community there, I I was full of um, new energy and creativity and um, ambition to, to do something with my writing. So the first chapter was actually written by a Danish crime fiction author whose name is Dennis Jürgensen. He wrote the first chapter and he was a in my childhood i he has also written um, kids fiction and um, funny books for kids and i i really loved his books as a kid so when i saw that he was he was the uh, the the author who would start this uh, writing contest i was very uh, you know uh, very happy to dive into it so so um the contest con- consisted of that uh, we had to write a new chapter for a christmas calendar story in 24 episodes so um, and i wrote in my uh, short story bit every single day because uh, every single day you could win i think um gift card for a bookshop and then the the main prize for the whole contest was that you could actually be publishing an ebook together with this famous author who had written the first uh, chapter. So that was my driving motivation. That was, I'm going to be published. If, if one of my chapters uh, get through and I win one of them, I will be in the same book as he is. So that was my driving, <laughs> the driving factor. And um, I actually ended up in having six chapters in that book. So because <laughs> I was writing every single day. So I won six out of the 24.
0: Okay. So so just to understand it, that means Dennis Jurgensen was um, writing the first chapter for his Advent calendar, Jule calendar. <laughs> yes. And the participants could choose how many chapters they write and you were writing every day for 24 days. Uh, yes, and, and
1: yes, and then it was, you know, on Facebook, and then uh, it was um, a f- web shop for books on, on Facebook. It was on their Facebook page. So yeah. the people who, who worked at the web shop there, they decided, or actually, I think it was the users that decided that voted for the best chapter for that day. So they had to like uh, what chapters they uh, put a like on each uh, chapter that the participants had had produced, and then the one with most likes won that day. I think it was like that.
0: Ah, uh, and then you got six times voted number one then in that case, or
1: yes. Okay,
0: <laughs> so did I? I know you shared that you were then um, approached by the publisher you have now to send your manuscript. Did you win anything? I mean, did you win six uh, gift cards to buy books or?
1: I did. <laughs> I won 600 kronos uh, to buy books. So um, I I bought <laughs> some books for that money. So that was the first money I ever earned writing.
0: <laughs> wow. So yeah, actually, yes, you you earned it as a writer. Um, what yeah. books did you buy? Do you remember?
1: I don't remember. I don't remember no (laughs) unfortunately but I my husband and I we have a living room full of books so we have very very many books we recently moved here where we live now and we had I had to (laughs) convince him to throw out some of the books we have even duplicates of some of the books so Um. um, yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah Uh, do you have duplicates in the same language or you have them in different languages?
1: The same language. Because before we moved together, maybe I had a book and he had the same oh. book. And then we moved together and we have two of, of that book. So I convinced him to at least get rid of some of them before we had to move. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, <laughs> he donated about 50 books to the local um, charity uh, store where you, where you can buy you know second hand store where you can yeah, buy yeah.
0: used stuff yeah red cross african help uh yeah. ymca and so on and so forth wow and i thought we have a lot of books i i also gave away a lot i, I sold my harry potter stuff and now the kids want to read them. oh <laughs> and i actually think i had some of the first edition yeah that's a bit stupid because I heard they have really much worth now when you have like oh. the original, you know, first yeah. edition drawing. I didn't, you know, I'm not so attached to that, but you know, if you can make a little bit of extra money by that, why not? So yeah, and I'm actually trying not to buy books because it's filling up so much. I actually want to use the library, but for the last two months, I cannot go to the library. I was thinking of, of getting a book of yours to, to read because otherwise it just fills up as you say, it's, um, but you cannot lock down. (laughs) So, and I actually also prefer the paper to read sometimes because of the, you know, physical feeling on the other hand, fantasy books work good for the, on an ebook reader for me, because you don't have to go back and forth. So it's you know it's basically just go when through.
1: you read books. Do you read it in your native language, or do you also sometimes read in Danish or uh
0: like like for you? I had to read a lot in Danish for my master thesis, even though it was in English um business engineering. But because I live in Denmark, I wanted to know about more creativity, so it was um too Danish forfeited. One was okay to read, the other one was too complicated. <laughs> And kids' books, we we have a few Danish because of the kids to learn to read for them. And actually, I have Heidi in Danish, because oh yeah, <laughs> a fiskedam. Um, well, how do you say it? it's a, it's the fishing game you have for Christmas where you fish with a uh, yeah fishing rod and their gifts. And my daughter was pulling out Heidi, which is a Swiss story. And I was reading it for her in Danish, which is kind of weird. <laughs> but um, yeah. normally I try to read a book in the original language. It's written. Uh, at the moment, I've been reading a lot of fantasy books and a lot of things are written originally in English. Uh, I had an advanced calendar this 2020 uh, for every day a person is presenting a book that is important to them. Whatever way It could be self improvement. Many people think of self improvement books. So I started it with um, The Three Investigators, which is an American book, but I know it from German. I didn't know there's an English original. <laughs> okay. uh, just to open up. And on the 24th, a friend of mine shared that he was reading one book in three languages uh, The Book of Spirits or the Spirits book. And that's Alain Gardec, which has been writing it in French. So he read it in French. He read it in Portuguese because he lived in Brazil and his wife is Brazilian and he read it in German. And and he said, depending in which language he read it, he got different information because languages transfer the information in a different way. So, yeah. So how is it for you? Is it mainly Danish or?
1: Well, it depends. I read mainly in Danish, but I also uh, read in English i when i lived in spain i tried to read some easy reader spanish novels but i didn't really <laughs> i didn't really have the patience to to read a whole novel in spanish even though i i i do speak a little spanish but i think it was too too hard for me to read a novel <laughs> in that language yeah to be honest
0: <laughs> okay so and uh, but i
1: enjoy uh, I, I enjoy watching spanish movies for example and um, we talked a, a little bit about uh, watching a movie and it, it's yeah to try to learn languages uh, by watching movies and then it can be a help if it's it has english subtitles or so that you can listen to the language and at the same time understand what they're saying basically so i enjoy watching spanish movies also for the spanish
0: okay cool i didn't know that so we are we won't change to spanish because i'm not used to speak spanish uh
1: no please don't because (laughs) it's so many years since i lived there so
0: (laughs) buenos dias como es das (laughs) Okay, then let's continue with your storytelling. uh, I asked you before we we started the second round, what's the difference between a high fantasy book and a fantasy book or story novel?
1: Yeah, it's because uh, high fantasy is, or fantasy fiction is a large, oh, (laughs) it's, you know, it's a genre genre, Umbrella, so to speak, because you have different kinds of fantasy. There's uh, dark fantasy and high fantasy and low fantasy and all sorts of fantasy. But the kind that I write, I tend to write uh, something called historical fantasy, where I. uh, My first four books are historical fantasy, where I do a lot of historical research and my. The action of the book is taking place in a historical period of time. But then there's also a fantastic element. Something magical happens uh, in the books that I have written. The magic thing is that they can travel back and forth in time. So that that is why they would be considered historical fantasy, I think. Because it's a mixture of a historical novel with the small bits and elements of uh, magic in them, but then after the first, the first four books, I wrote a trilogy where I made up the whole universe myself. So I didn't, I didn't use our reality as something that was uh, <laughs> in my novel. So I, I made up this whole fantasy universe and that is what we normally think of as high fantasy when you make up the whole world and build out everything and all the backstories and the religions and the uh, geography and whatever else so you build everything from the ground up
0: okay so so what do you enjoy most about it because you also talked about dragons and magic (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> and oceans, so and oceans.
1: Yes, I when I wrote the high fantasy series, I enjoyed very much building the whole universe. It was almost as I've sometimes said that I was sitting in a sandbox, you know, to build a whole universe around you and uh, watch it grow and watch uh, people inhabit it. It was it felt very much like play to me to uh, to invent this world. And something that I was, I I don't know if tired would be the right word, but I I wanted to get get a little bit away from writing historical fiction because I didn't want to double check every historical fact in a book and I didn't want so much the research. So that's why I decided to create everything myself because then I made the rules and then I could not make a mistake that... (laughs) That was based on my lack of research, so that's why I I made that shift uh, after the first four books because I I found also that when you write in a historical reality, you are limited in some ways because you cannot say that because that thing is not invented yet. Oh, <laughs> so so that's why I, I felt it a little bit limiting, and that's why I also started to create my own world because then I. I can decide if a thing has been invented or, or not.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I, I just, uh, there's a lot of things going on in my head, as usual, when I listen. I've been reading The Wheel of Time, um, which somehow feels like a historical fantasy, but it's not. The whole universe is built up, but it somehow feels like it's based on, on things we know. And then, of course, Game of Thrones as well. Uh, how do you feel when you read? Uh, d- did you read these stories? Do you know these stories? Game of I, Thrones. I hope so. Well,
1: I know Game of Thrones, <laughs> but not from the books, from the TV series.
0: <laughs> okay, and and the Wheel of Time. Have you heard about that?
1: No, okay. I I don't. I can't say I have. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, yeah. So I I really highly enjoyed it. It's thirteen books, and the author unfortunately died before he could finish it. And oh. he got another uh author. It was a Robert uh Jordan. Robert Jordan. It's his uh author name. And okay. uh then Sanders, some Sanders he finished the last three books. And you can see the first book was written as a one-off. <laughs> And then he had a lot of success and then he built on top of it. And it's really nicely how it's interacting as well. And there's also different characters. Like we talked last time about Game of Thrones. It's not like the one character going through the whole thing. Of course, there's like the main, the hero of the whole thing, right? The one which brings the darkness and the light together and (laughs) have a good future. Uh, And he was an engineer, actually, the one who wrote that. Oh, and another so
1: that's food book... for thought <laughs> for yes, you <laughs> i'm
0: also an engineer right so um we come to that question later <laughs> uh and then another book i was reading was about vampires and uh witches i cannot remember the name i, I talked also about it on another podcast uh from someone which loves vampires and that is very historical. Because the vampire and the witch, they go back in time because the witch is very powerful. So she can magically open up the doors and they go back in time. And I was thinking of you, right? So it's like, you know, it's a fantasy book. You know, it was playing in England and then in France and stuff like that. And But somehow you want it to be like fantasy, fantasy. On the other hand, you, as a reader, you still go back to the facts. And And I can see that's really hard to do. So-
1: well, I think the the challenge for an author is definitely to to create a story that is believable. So I think <laughs> <laughs> that that what you're talking about is that it feels real when you read these kinds of, of stories and you almost want to believe that they have uh, taken place. Uh, one way or the other and that is also that feeling that I actually um, dive into in the first three books because I pretend that this is real that this could have happened and that is to intrigue kids to you know to be more interested in in this uh, example in Spanish history because I I write it in such a way that they can believe that it had as that it has happened even <laughs> though it's fiction
0: yes okay yeah that that that's true and who knows all right but where actually when when you say one is fact checking for the history and the other one for the um, high fantasy where you create the whole universe where you sit in the sandbox and you play where are these ideas coming from are, are you Are you just sitting there meditating and it comes? Or are you sitting there with your Legos or actually in a sandbox? Or are you just, as you said, mind mapping it out?
1: I think inspiration comes in many forms. Uh, For me, I definitely get inspiration when I read books, when I... Watched Game of Thrones, for example, uh, when I also when I travel, I enjoy travel and I enjoy visiting old sites because I'm I am very much interested in history. So I really enjoy, for example, going back to Spain and the Moorish uh, castles and <laughs> going to Rome and see the Colosseum and um, what's it called? in english <laughs> with all the historical sites in rome i i really love that so and it sparks so much uh, it ignites my my imagination to go these places
0: okay so that means you have an idea for a new book and then you travel europe or uh...
1: or the world i haven't really traveled the world yet i have been mostly in europe
0: but, but it happens when you have an idea for a book or you're it just the idea for a book comes while you're travelling for vacation
1: yeah it it's it's like that it comes when I'm not searching for it
0: <laughs> it comes when you're not searching for it yet, isn't that how many people say don't search for the answer it will come, yeah. <laughs> It can be
1: very hard to sit and brainstorm if you really, really want to squeeze out the ending of the book. Or, but then, then you can sit. I also enjoy uh, singing, and um, I I participate in a choir here where I live. And sometimes when we rehearse a song, and I really is really concentrated into the notes and the music, and I listen and I use my mind for something completely different at that moment, when I'm so absorbed in the music, then the idea pop up and I I have the conclusion of the novel or I have a new idea for a new book. So it's really when, when I'm not trying, when I'm not trying to come up with the idea, they come. Now,
0: if I can interlink it with on Monday, you talked about, um, you know, you you get a writer's block or or the the flow block when you lack information for the ending of the story or where you go, and then you should go back on the mind map and ask you ask your brain questions. You said
1: that's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so is that basically you ask yourself like your home you write like ah. I wish I could know how how this ends or where do these two characters end up when they turn that corner and you just like feel the block and you do not want to write. And and then you go to the choir or you go for vacation and that's when the question comes up. How long does it normally take for you posing a question and then uh, it magically pops up while you (laughs) focus on singing or look at the castle in... uh, france or spain
1: well i i don't know i sometimes it just takes hard work and you have to sit and, and really squeeze your brain and and then you push something out but then and then you can move on because then you overcame that block and then you after a while you're ridden a little bit further and then suddenly a new solution presents itself and perhaps that was better than the one thing that you came up with, with under pressure, then you can go back and edit. So it's not it's not like I, I pose a question and then I, I just wait 24 hours and then I have the answer or something like that. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's an ongoing process that I think.
0: Yeah, I I, I can see I can, I can see the point there that uh, you overcome that that mountain and then you can continue with the story. And then you realize somehow that solution you just had to overcome that mountain using to push uh, a rock up the hill was probably not the best thing they should probably have a mule and sit on it (laughs) will fit better because you now know how it's continuing at the other side yes perhaps okay that's that's beautiful so let's see creativity uh, because the whole thing is very creative here you you create something what is your definition of creativity how do you look at creativity
1: well I think it's it's a big question <laughs> I just have to think a little bit about it but I think that enabled in order to be creative you have to know something uh, and that connects to what I said last time that that you cannot create something out of nothing so you have to have something to build on either that you have read something in a book or that you have seen a movie or you have been somewhere that you have to have something inside of you that you have that you can build on many people they in my opinion they have the misconception that kids are creative out of the box they're just so creative they can make up all all things because they're so creative they are natively creative or something like that and I think that is that is simply not correct because in order to be created to be truly created to create something new to create something where there was nothing. You have to have something inside of you, some ideas, some knowledge, some language and skills in putting a story together or putting colors together if you're a painter or an artist. So I think that creativity can only grow out of some sort of um, what's it called yeah that you have something inside of you already before you create okay so, so like
0: it's it could be a spark it could be also skill sets um
1: skill sets and knowledge i think some for, kind of knowledge it doesn't have to be book knowledge it can also be knowledge about how to put things together to make them look nice or you know it, some some kind of intelligence uh, connected to what you're trying to create.
0: So for you, I mean, you, you also said on Monday that you started enjoying the reading and writing when you had a certain level, right? As you say, you have a certain language. Um, But then why do you write stories? And why do you have so many books? If you can give away 50 books, I mean, I don't know how many books you have. <laughs> um so what is it there that drives you is is there a passion behind it is there a vision is there i don't know
1: well i'd like to tell a good story
0: <laughs> so that's like a, a wish inside is it's is it a passion is it
1: it is yes and and also that writing a book is also a place to put what is inside of me to make it come out, to make it come alive. So that's also what I mean, that in order to create something, you have to have it inside of yourself first. If I were to compose a piece of music, for example, I think that I should have some kind of musical upbringing. I should have listened to music before in order to put something together that was my own. So that's what I mean by it, and also that, When I create a story, when I write a new book, it's also because I have fed myself books from childhood and up until today. I have fed myself words and sentences and language. And all of these things can combine in new ways and hopefully (laughs) and then come out in, in some creative form.
0: I I definitely see the point, and um, I have heard the story about Mozart, I think, or Bach, um, which were copying for 10 years others' music before they started to compose their own. Do you see a strong influence of the books you've been reading in the way you're writing yourself?
1: Yes. I think every every writer is kind of writing on top of what they have read before even though they try to alter their writing it's also it it's always that that you write on top of what you have already been absorbing in some way or the other it can be a new idea for a plot twist or it can be certain sentences that just sound a little bit like your favorite author or even though you try to alter them so they don't and you know (laughs) so i think every every creative person is influenced by what they have been consuming
0: yeah and oh now now the question come up Um, so when you're reading now now that you have seven books uh, published when you read another author are you analyzing and taking the writing apart the storytelling apart or are you able just to enjoy the reading without oh why did he put the sentence like that I would have put the word here and uh, you know the chapters etc. Are you able to read because when I look at pictures I see the colors I see the shading I see
1: (laughs) everything well it depends if if the writing is good I can enjoy it but if I want to improve what I read <laughs> because I have knowledge about how I could do this uh, or how you could alter this uh, piece of writing to something better. Then mostly I stop reading that book because then I'm not absorbed in it and then I'm then I'm <laughs> sitting and criticizing it and then I don't get the same joy out of it, of reading it. So if the book is well-written, I think that um, I can enjoy it. Like before, and then I could also appreciate. Oh, that's clever. Anyways, that she waited the whole time to <laughs> to reveal this secret. So it's it's both. But if it's well written, I don't sit and analyze it. No. Okay. <laughs>
0: um, where do you see general blocks and obstacles for people to be creative? What is the thing you see around? why are people not creative um and why are people creative
1: I think when people are not creative or when they struggle it's mostly because they have they lack confidence in themselves they they sabotage for example in writing they sabotage themselves and say this is not any good this is rubbish. I don't have the skills to write, and and if you sabotage yourself, you cannot produce anything. Because then, you know, if you if you see see uh, kids, they paint a picture or they make a drawing, mm-hmm. and then one of them said, "Oh no, this is ugly," and then they cram the paper together and throw it out. And if you do that to yourself, you cannot be creative. So many times I. I I think that it's, uh, when you cannot be creative, it's kind of that you're blocking yourself or you're um, standing in your own way, criticizing yourself.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I I, I definitely know. I I showed you the painting I did, and it's six, seven months. It's just because, like, from my point of view, in my way, I, I I do not know if I totally agree. There's definitely nuances here. But self-sabotage is, in my case, one of the big ones because I know I'm very highly creative. Uh, But for the last many, many years, it's like, as I said before, then the dishwasher has to be cleaned up and I have to go shopping and the dog needs to be walking. And I'm like, oh, what should I do? And that happened the last two days. Um, And you have three podcasts (laughs) to edit, but I forgot about them. And I just wanted to play piano or paint and I didn't. And then suddenly one and a half hours later, I'm like, I just walk left and right doing nothing <laughs> because I had a bad conscience about taking the time because I feel judged if I take the time to paint, then I'm not doing anything, right? Because I don't earn money with painting. But who knows if I would paint as much as I would had time, I might have sold something or writing a story because I love to share, <laughs> Or play piano and suddenly you're the one which makes funny music on the the parties. (laughs) Wouldn't that be fun instead of sitting there in the corner and being bored? Uh, Yes, so self-sabotage. Do you know a way out of self-sabotage? Do you see yourself self-sabotaging you once in a while when you write? I mean, you mentioned don't get the things out of your head one way or the other and then go back later on. Because otherwise yes, you might...
1: that that could be one of uh, that could be one tactic to just be satisfied with what you got now and then move on and then go back later and edit that is one way to do it another way that I um, I heard from a fellow author called um, Rhonda Douglas she's also teaching writers to be to overcome writer's block, for example, and she told me that if you start out with something that is just for fun, even if um, no matter if you're painting something or you're writing something, if you had a practice painting next to to the thing that you're going to paint for real, (laughs) then you can start out and just play and splash colors on it and, you know, uh, just like when you were a kid. And have fun with it. And then you get into a more relaxed state of mind. And after perhaps 20 minutes of playing and just having fun, it can also be translated into writing. You just have a funny story that is never going to be published, but this is your practice sheet or your practice story. And then you write for about 20 minutes. Then you are calmer and more relaxed. And you're more into this creative a state of mind and then you can switch then you can switch to what you're actually working on seriously so that's a technique that she taught me uh, to get into a more relaxed state of mind be, before trying to be creative also creating a cozy atmosphere around you so light a candle put off on some comfy socks or you know Make a cup of tea, make it a ritual that is actually something that you look forward to and that you enjoy. So it's not a work, but enjoyment.
0: <laughs> I take a lot of notes here. <laughs> Good. It, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it, it, it makes so much sense. I haven't really thought of it. Um, I might have told you or other people that as long as I'm able to just use my pencil to draw for my painting, I'm, I'm advancing very fast. And I, and then I have a certain level, then I get afraid of actually damaging it. I never thought of, you could have just a smaller canvas or whatever it is next to you, and you just start playing with the colors and like, okay, I want to do this and just start playing. Of course, the bad side, downside is what if this painting is going to be better than the big one but then you might have something uh, like you say short story you make a fun story from the egg which is having the girlfriend which is a tomato and i don't know then you go in love making between these two you're going to be very creative <laughs> <laughs> who knows then suddenly have a short story you can share uh do you have any uh blockages you yourself had once and you had to overcome lately like a really big one and you were like oh Uh, if you if you remember that and how how did you come over that block obstacle
1: actually i do i and i get into these obstacles a lot because (laughs) even though i've published seven books i uh, also get this feeling that my new thing is no good or i'm not good at it anymore or that was just a lucky shot and you know all those self-sabotaging thoughts and when i have those it's really hard to be creative but the last time i experienced a writer's block was when i had to finish my my latest book i couldn't wrap my head around how to finish it how to make an ending that was true to the persons in it because there was like one very happy ending but it was not into character with the person in that story so what i did was i i tried to write it and then i talked to my writing body and read it aloud for her and we discussed how could it end and I discussed it also with my editor. And by telling other people what my frustrations were and how difficult it was for me to write this and why it was difficult, by talking around the problem, so to speak, the solution presented itself to me. So when you are able to tell other people what is really wrong (laughs) and what is really (laughs) frustrating and what is it that you cannot figure out the more precisely that you can describe your problem, the closer you are to finding the solution, because then you understand why do I have this problem with that story or with that painting or what it could be. So, so I overcame it by talking to others and keep, using my words to describe what the problem was until it, it actually presented itself.
0: Okay. So basically you, the latest obstacle you had again, as you say, it's a reoccurring thought. So you, you, you created a, a method around it, um, that your latest book, you couldn't find the, the, the ending as it didn't fit into the person. Because this happy ending, princess perfect, (laughs) was not the story you you wrote. And by talking about it loud to other people, you basically were able to go inward and feel what's wrong. So kind of the the thing which was wrong was surfacing. And then you could say, okay, this is wrong here. And by that, you could say, okay, this is wrong. I'll pull it away. And the empty space was then filled with something better. And it was your own solution or did your writing buddy, editor, husband and so on, come up with ideas which you then said, oh.
1: I think one of my writing buddies, she said, can you just end it a little bit earlier? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I didn't have to go into all that Prince Charming or Prince Perfect. I just ended it before we came to that. And that was the perfect perfect solution to me because then the reader can continue the story if he or she wants.
0: Okay, yeah. So so now you put the burden on your readers.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope they enjoy you for that. <laughs> yeah, so then that that is awesome. So let's see. I have two, three more questions in my head. One was like a general misconception people have around make, making a living, being creative in whatever way, you know, the typical things are musician, painter, artist, uh, book writer, uh, and so on and so forth. Do you have any, you know?
1: Well, yes, I think there are two, two things to say to it. One thing is that if I tell someone that I make a living out of uh, writing books and teaching others how to write books, then the first thing is, oh, you must be rich. <laughs> you must make a lot of money on, on being an author. So that's the first misconception that, oh, all authors, they <laughs> they make a lot of money. But the other one is the other way around. It's because you're creative, can we have your services for free? Because you're such a nice person, so can we have you visit our school and talk for free? Or can we have you uh, teach us something for free because uh, you are a creative person and creativity doesn't cost anything? Or could you read my novel for free and uh, just give me feedback because uh, you're a creative person, so... So it's just something that's inside you and those skills don't cost money. So that's, <laughs> uh, that's two sides of the same coin, so to speak.
0: Uh, so I on can one s- hand,
1: they think you're rich. On the other hand, they think that you can work for free.
0: And why would people then, why are people then not creative themselves, like make a living because you're going to be rich, right?
1: Yeah, do, <laughs> exactly. Do
0: you, do you see what doesn't fit there? Why are then people not doing it themselves? Do you do we see anything? Do you see a pattern there or
1: well? I just because they think you you will be rich by writing books, it doesn't mean that they would want that for themselves. <laughs> you could be rich doing something else. You could be a dentist or <laughs> a lawyer or whatnot. So so yeah. So I don't think there's a yeah, some I meet also some people that that say, Oh, I want to write this book because I want it to be a bestseller so that <laughs> I can make a living out of it. So but I think before before writing the bestseller, you have to put very many hours of work into it. So yeah, and uh, it's not guaranteed.
0: <laughs> yeah, that brings me to the biggest mistake when writing a book. I haven't didn't have that on the list, but you just brought it up. What is the biggest mistake people have in their mind when they write a book?
1: I think that connects to what I said before, that if you're trying to write a book just because you want to make money out of it, I think, number one, that the reader can tell. <laughs> uh, and number two, that it's not very fun to write that book. And perhaps also number three, that that if you write it out of calculation, it's not, yeah, it, it's going to show in some way or the other, I think. Unless you're a robot that imitates human intelligence.
0: <laughs> uh. We'll find out so so you yeah. say once the reader will know that you make it for being a bestseller for making money two, I think the
1: reader n- not necessarily that they know the motive behind it, but they will know that perhaps this was not written with passion or this this author is not burning through the pages, or you know
0: <laughs> there we go, and that's going into the point number two it's going to be a heart process to write that book yes and the third one i didn't get that exactly
1: i don't remember (laughs) yeah yeah so so,
0: but it's these two basically right it's going to be tough yeah i think Um, so and uh, and you basically have to write more books and and many of the bestseller stories i hear sometimes in podcasts on youtube they never thought a book is a good thing so they just wrote it and they were said hey share it with the world, and then suddenly it became a bestseller, right?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) So there we come to an advice for anyone who wants to write the book or wants to be creative.
1: I would advise people to do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just do it, huh?
1: Just do it. Yeah, it's so fulfilling in your life to be able to dig into that creative talent or yeah that creative space inside of you that it could be painting it could be music it could be photography it could be writing it's it makes your life richer to allow yourself to play with those things that brought you joy when you were growing up if you do them again when you're grown up it will bring you joy again i think
0: so that brings me to like advice B <laughs> or whatever. Um how to know where to be creative. Um I know for people. You you mentioned it a bit.
1: Yeah uh, try to find out what made you happy as a kid. If you enjoyed really much dancing uh, or <laughs> rolling down a hill or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um what what you enjoyed as a kid probably would also be enjoy uh, would also be something you could enjoy as an adult. So, for me, I enjoyed making up stories and also also telling people stories. Actually, here's a little secret for you. When I grew up, you asked me for a secret before <laughs> before we <laughs> we started the interview. Here's the secret: when I um, When I was a kid, I also enjoyed making up stories to make people believe them, even though they were not true. So, but not lying, you know. It was not like saying a lie. It was more like telling them a story that they would believe or telling them a story so convincingly that they would believe what I said. So I was once on... um, you know with the girl scouts we were out hiking with uh, our backpacks uh, and we had to go for a long walk with the backpacks and we were in good cheer but we needed really much all the girls in this uh, little group we all all of us needed to go to the bathroom so we talked a lot about oh i have i have to go i have to go where is the toilet and these <laughs> these girls, no one wanted to sit out in you know in the woods to to pee. They wanted to have a proper bathroom. So we talked a lot about going to this bathroom, and then suddenly we uh, we came by. Um, I don't know what that's called in English. It's like a house, a kind of a powerhouse where they make electricity. It was at the side of the road, and there were sign on the door with the lightning and danger, you cannot go in there. So then we met another group of Girl Scouts, and they asked us, um, have you seen anywhere we can go on the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> and I said to them, that house over there, that's a toilet, you just have to wait, we have one in there, she's <laughs> she's just finishing. So they they went over to that house with the lightning on the door, and they began knocking. Are you finished yet? Can you come out? We have to pee. <laughs> and of course, there was no one in there, so we just went, walked. <laughs> we walked on, and they eventually found out that this was not a toilet. So that was that was my little secret.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, it, it it just made me think like how many times do kids tell you know stories or lies in 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 the meaning of conceal something or just like you want to have fun and tell something,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think very often the kids also want to have fun and just uh, make a prank and
0: <laughs> yeah and and but we we shall, we then um accuse them of lying and, and yeah but it's very difficult right and then if you say too many times you lie to me then the person will start to think they're a liar and they will then begin to lie because they think they are a liar anyway but we are not going down that road um but <laughs> yeah i'm just thinking like how can you believe one of these travel rooms or whatever is a bathroom uh <laughs> and you're girl scouts come on girl scouts forest yeah. <laughs> 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 my daughter has no problem with these things so what will be called to action for the listeners if they say hey okay today is the day i listened to lena now i'm gonna change something
1: <laughs> if you are a danish listener i would advise you to go to my website it's uh, dot com. And if you're an English listener and you want to find out more about when my books come out in English, I want, I encourage you to go to the same website, but lindybday.com slash English. There I have some information in English. So, and also uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel here. I, I believe that Oliver would put the link for the YouTube channel. Really? So, but if you want to <laughs> learn how to uh, read or, no, uh, sorry, how to write a book, a fiction book, then you can visit my website. I have a, a blog there with all sorts of writing tips and I have also some writing courses.
0: Yes, so that's a call to action is go there if you want to start writing. Um, where the question was also, what, ca- what are you offering actually through your newsletter and, you know, your online program? That's basically step by step how to write, or what is it they can learn?
1: Well, I have um, I have a membership called uh, Skriu which is in Danish, and it's a membership for writers where I offer weekly writing um, what's it called writing classes, and then uh, also a large community of fellow writers and uh, people who want to get published so that's my main product in in that website also if you just want to taste it a little bit i have a small section of screw it's called plot platen and that's all about how to construct a plot for your novel so that's a small it's a bite size of what screw is okay
0: so yeah the small bite to see if the people like the way you teach uh, yes. do you ever do you ever plan to do anything in english or you you stay on the danish market i guess
1: well uh, for now i have no plans of uh, making my courses into english but who knows what the future will bring <laughs> i cannot say
0: yeah let's 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 bring the the english speaking people to you now through the podcast <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, you 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 jumped a little bit ahead with uh, where the people can find you. I- I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait, just well a little. Um, I ask uh, books normally, books or YouTube's or podcasts you 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 recommend to other people, or are you actually as an author, <laughs> are you actually gifting books to other people, like saying, hey, you should be reading this. This has been changing my life. I have no idea. Do you have something like yes,
1: that? yes? I love gifting books. I my family I, they always <laughs> they always receive books from me. Um, so yeah, actually, I want to recommend one book that I'm reading right now. It's from it's a Danish book. <laughs> it's called The Go Plot. It's <laughs> written by Jan Kerr, who's also um, Danish author. He has people. Uh, published over 50 books no <laughs> yeah and he has written this book about uh, writing a plot so that I would definitely recommend on writing and then I yeah just read what you what you love to read <laughs> in terms of fiction books I love fantasy as well so uh, yeah Yes. Yeah, so
0: that's basically it. So we know now that people can find you on Lena Dubdel. Um uh how is that? That DK you said? Come. Com. And that's Lena is L-E-N-E. And then Duptel is D okay. Why is that Y in English? B- yeah. B D A H L dot com.
1: That's
0: right. Um, yeah, the U- YouTube channel is also Lena Duptel or
1: it's Lena Dubdal for Feder.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we put that for the non-Danish speaking people because Danes know exactly how to write your name and for further us. Uh, is there also a Facebook page or something else you want people to go or?
1: They, they uh, very much so. I I have a, also Lene Dupdahl for further Facebook uh, page, but it's for mostly for Danish people because they're writing Danish in there.
0: Yeah. And then we come back to learn a new language. So anyone who wants to <laughs> learn greenish <laughs> for no reason, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. please join. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. This is going to be fun To That's the first time I put an interview from two different days together. Let's see how that's going to work out. And uh, the listeners, please let me know what you think about that experiment. If uh, in the future I should have just two separate episodes or, I should keep it like that. And if you have any other questions for Lene, you want me to ask her for a future interview, which probably can go on social media marketing um, or deeper into the book writing, please send an email to me on, um, yeah, on shirach at gmail.com. That's the easiest one. Or you go to anchor.fm slash shirach. There you can also send some voice message, actually and yeah subscribe to the podcast subscribe to lena's youtube and put the i like it and whatever and share it if you like it and yeah all feedback is welcome so thank you so much lena for today thank you for the listeners and see you for another episode
1: thank you for having me
0: hello again here at the end of the show i hope you really enjoyed this interview i had today with my guest and if you do so please go if you have not done that already and subscribe to my podcast on whatever platform you are listening to put some star ratings or a thumbs up or whatever you can hearts i've seen somewhere and leave a, a review a comment about the episode and if you have some direct messages for me, you can also do that directly on anchor.fm slash shirach, S-C-H-I-R-A-C-H, as, uh, in the form of a voice message. You can also send me an email on o oshirach, a- 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 like for Oliver Schirach, o oshirach in one word, uh, at gmail.com, um, or reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, And I love to get some feedback. Tell me what you love about the show. Tell me what is not so good. Because we all want to improve. And I want you to have the best experience. Perhaps you also want to be on the show. Or you know someone else that could be really fun to be interviewed by me. With that, thank you very much. And have a great day. Oh, go sleeping now. It's time. Your eyes are heavy. (laughs) See you then. Bye-bye.